Welcome to the Neurodiverse Toolbox with Sheila Kieschlin and Paige Kieschlin. Good evening, Paige. Good evening. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. How was your day? Um, it was fine. It was long. I know. And dizzy. Um, it was. Um, so this episode is our second part to the relationships and is really geared towards the neurotypical partner. Um, so we think it might be short, but you never know with a verbal processor like Paige. So um, maybe it won't be, but we're not going to go over like the definition and the outcomes and that kind of stuff. Cause we did that for the first part. So we're just going to jump right into strategies, hacks, tools that you can do if you are the neurotypical partner in a relationship. So, Paige, why don't you start us off? Okay. So first, it's remember what you love about them and decide what you can let go of so you can accept them for who they are. So, yes, if... Um, they're really bad at doing the dishes, but you love how they're like super creative and innovative and they like think of different, like, you know, they're creative. You can forget about like the whole, like, oh, they're kind of crappy at doing the dishes. You can always support that, but you love, like focus on the things that you love about them. I would say uh, like example for not a romantic relationship is if you have a kid, whose room is a disaster, uh, have them close their door. It really doesn't matter. Unless like the room being a mess is like causing an actual like health problem Problem. or some kind of significant issue, right? If it's just like their laundry's on the floor, like just close the door. That's, That's better than nagging your kid. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I don't have a child. I do imagine that. <laughs> and her rooms usually has the door closed. Um, <laughs> what else? Um, next, um, do your own self-care and have your own support network. Um, so make sure that like you have, that you're taking care of yourself and that you have your other people to support you and you're not just relying on your partner. Sure. That's good advice for everybody. Yeah. That, that goes for neurodiverse people too, but, um, and then together create boundaries for both of you. So you should have your own boundaries, which we talked about last time, but you should also create boundaries as a couple. Like you have boundaries that you guys do together whether it's like you two versus someone else or just like in your relationship you have boundaries sure boundaries could be like an example it could be like we don't spend more than a hundred dollars without talking to each other right if you're like married right like there might be a threshold of like money, money or boundaries might also be like not even specifically boundaries but like parts of routines like I'll 
I'll be responsible for walking the dog in the morning and you could be responsible for doing the dishes, right? So Mm -hmm. I would say the neurotypical person should be walking the dog and the neurotypical should be doing the dishes. I like doing the dishes. Do you? That's crazy. I kind of enjoy doing the dishes. Not if they're like super gross. (laughs) If it's like the fish stuff, then I don't like doing it. But like, I like playing with like the soap and the bubbles. Interesting. All right. So talk to your partner, I guess. I don't know. But most of my clients, I hate doing the dishes. <laughs> um, um. Next. Um, remind them of their strengths. Uh, if you're always focusing on like the things that are annoying and the things that they're bad at, you're just going to put them down more and they're not going to do anything because you're just being negative so focus on something that like remind them yeah you might not be good at this but you're really good at doing this for sure and they care enough they, negative stuff yeah, from other people it about negative things daily so they do and they tell themselves they negative hear things. It from you the person that's supposed to love them absolutely so um, also practicing good communication skills So this is making sure you're being open and honest and making sure that you're really getting their attention. But I would say that the neurotypical partner really needs to practice some brevity when they speak. So they should know exactly what they want to say, because if they like tell this roundabout way of getting to their point, they're going to lose their partner somewhere and they're not going to hear whatever it is that is important that you need to say to them. So practice brevity, know what you're going to say, be succinct when you speak, um, but also open and honest and, uh, you know, uh, emotional and kind and caring and passionate and all those things. Um, Also people with, um, neurodiversities usually have really bad memories. So if you tell them like three days later that like a comment they made made you upset, they're not going to remember that. They don't, they're not going to remember making that comment or the context of that comment. So giving them feedback in the moment, whether it's good feedback or negative feedback, you know, whether it's like, Hey, that, you know, that comment hurt my feelings or whether it's like, Hey, I really appreciate that you made the bed this morning. So I didn't have to, um, Whatever it is, feedback needs to be given immediately. Um, give them space when they ask for it or seem like they need it. Um, Tell me about the importance of space as a neurodiverse person. Um, it's exhausting being around people usually all day. So it's like draining. It's like your phone battery. If you leave your phone plugged in all the time, it's going to kill and drain your battery. It's kind of like that with the more and longer that you're out with people communicating with people and talking and being around people, the more energy, quote unquote, energy is depleted. So you need like, just like space to recharge so to say and absolutely you depending on the person it's relatively easy to see it some people are better at hiding their emotions than other people are for me apparently it's relatively easy to figure out if i'm in a bad mood so i'm not good at hiding that type of stuff but 
um, if they ask you for space or to leave them alone, you should do that because if you don't, it also just like makes things worse and you don't want to like make things worse. No. So that's definitely like a boundary that you guys should talk about, right? Mm-hmm. Um, know what works for them so that you can remind them when they are overwhelmed. So I guess, I guess the only way that I can really explain this is by an example. But before my boyfriend and I started dating, I had texted, I like didn't tell him everything, but I kind of feel bad because I just sprung all of this stuff on him one day and just like, here's all of this information. But he needed to know all of this information. So I told him about like the fact that I had ADHD and autism and everything. And I told him, like, I'm usually pretty good at keeping myself together up until I get home and then I if I need to have a mental breakdown then I have a mental breakdown in my own space but I was letting him know like like I won't necessarily tell you if I'm like on edge or if I want to leave or anything but I like gave him all of this information so then if it so happens that one day we're out together and I'm just shut down he knows what to do and he knows what's going on I told him that beforehand so then he can recognize it also ensuring him that it doesn't usually happen and I'm pretty good at controlling it but not everyone is as high functioning as I am so you would have to talk to your partner about it but I'd say other examples might be like if you see that they're struggling at work and they're behind or if they're suddenly like they used to like be on time for things but suddenly they're not you might check in with them to see what strategies they were using that maybe they dropped or got out of the habit of especially if like once habits are well formed most neurodiverse people are pretty good at keeping them it takes them a while to get the habits Mm-hmm. right and sometimes the habits get old and then they drop them again but like if they're off for a few days like if they took like a christmas break and they were off over christmas then getting back into their room routines is a real struggle for them but if somebody else is reminding them like you know when you get up and you run on the treadmill that makes your day go better or you know when you eat you know protein for breakfast that really helps you or you know that google calendar really does the trick for us to keep things in line whatever their systems are right like sometimes they just need reminders of what what was working what tools work for them um a tool that works really well for a lot of people is body doubling so actual body doubling is when i'm doing exactly the same thing as somebody else right? Most people do modified body doubling. So this might be, it's your night to cook dinner, but your partner sits in the kitchen with you and talks to you while you're doing it. Or it might be um, one of my clients will text her boyfriend and say, Hey, I'm doing my, I'm doing my laundry today and cleaning the refrigerator. Um, And then he'll text back and say, you know, I'm going to do my laundry today too, right? And so 
she knows he's doing the laundry at the same time she is. And that if they want to see each other later, she's got to get her laundry done. Um, but they're like anybody who's working at Starbucks, when everybody else is working at Starbucks, that's modified body doubling as well. Everybody there is there because they need some kind of low level of accountability to get their stuff done. Um, so I even know like whole families that have ADHD that will body double together. So they're like, the mom will do the laundry and put it in the baskets. And then all the kids and the dad who also has ADHD will all fold their laundry at the same time because they're all body dubbing with each other. They also sort of race each other. So they make it a game. Um, but so that those kind of strategies work really well. I did that when I was younger. I would try mm-hmm. to beat Jack and Alexis to my laundry. So then I would always get my laundry done first. But Thanks. Alexis doesn't fold her own laundry anymore. And Jack doesn't live here anymore. So, <laughs> and Bummer. you practically do Jack and da- you practically do dad's laundry. So uh, well, I have no one to raise. She's busy. That's so sad. A clock, you maybe. You screwed it up. You can race me. Okay. 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 Um, find solutions together. This is really a combination of like finding good strategies and good communication, right? All in one Mm kind of tip. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, encourage them, encourage them to talk to a coach or a therapist if they needed it, if they need it. So if you notice that they're like down or struggling, then don't tell them like you need to go see this because that's no. one thing you don't want to do, especially with someone who might have ADHD, because they'll do the exact opposite. That we're like we're like grown children. You tell me us not to do something, and it becomes like a challenge. Like, oh, you think I won't do this? Watch me do it. So just like encourage them. Like you want to help yourself, you should go do this, but don't tell you them. Might like, to you might want to consider. You might want to consider doing this. You don't want to tell them like you need no. to go do this. No. It's ultimately their decision. You can't make someone get help if they don't want it, but you can encourage someone to get help. You right. just can't make them. I would say, I would, and would never tell somebody with ADHD what they must, should, or have to do. That's a surefire way for them to do the opposite and to dig in their heels and be really stubborn. Yeah. <laughs> but those are also like words that I try to coach my clients out of using for themselves, right? So if they're hearing it from their partner, that's not good. Um, um, next. You are a partner, not a parent. A parent's job is to be, you need to go do this. You are a loving and supportive partner, not a parent. You want to support and be there for them and not parent them and tell them what to do. Because chances are that they're annoyed when their parents to do it. They don't want to hear it from you. They don't. It's a surefire way to kill any kind of romance in a relationship. Yeah, that's not cool. Um, Let's see here. Learn about their neurodiversity. So like I said, I told my boyfriend long before we started dating about mine because I felt like it was important that he knew. He, He fortunately, we were on the same page and he agreed. 
that he needed that he should know about this stuff but it like helps you understand them better because your brains aren't the same their brains are vastly different than your brain even though like that's everyone but like their brains legitimately think differently than yours so something that you might think is obvious and like not a big deal is to that it's like different for them so understanding their quirks and their differences is right and there's lots of ways to do that yeah right you could read a book you could Uh, do do research you could ask questions that's what he did go to youtube he asked he asked questions really specific questions too I like hadn't heard these questions from anyone before and he just came out with these questions I'm like oh he cares um nice okay there's also like just some things to really remember when you're dealing with somebody with um a neurodiversity and so um I've checked this out with most of my clients and and they all pretty much believe it. And this, the training that I had was that most people um, who are neurodiverse will agree with the statement that I would rather fail alone than ask for help. So your partner may not ask for help from you. um, And you need to sort of be okay with that or find gentle ways to ask them if you could help or, you know, again, open communication. So figure out why they're not asking you and figure out good ways to ask them how you can support them if you think you need to. Um, mm-hmm. Another one is that, you know, people with ADHD have big emotions. So at some point you're going to have a disagreement, right? And so what you really need to keep in mind is A, you shouldn't be having that disagreement when their emotions are big, right? So walk away, give them time. That's not a good way. That is not practicing good open communication is to arguing when somebody's emotional, right? But the other thing is, you know, if you forget that and you guys get into an argument, the level of a reaction from somebody who's neurodiverse is often equal to the emotional pain that they're feeling. And for many of my clients, it's physical pain as well. And that's, I think, one of the hardest things for neurotypicals to wrap their head around. That's something that's emotional is actually very physically painful. Um, But trying to keep that in mind um, can be really helpful, or at least a reminder when they react really big for you to go, oh, maybe we should have this conversation later as a conversation and not a yelling match. Um, And then I recently did this with somebody actually one of our upcoming guests um, is writing a book. And so she asked me to contribute as a person with dyslexia and um, being highly sensitive. So she asked me to write a day in the life of my life. And so I did. And then I had my husband read it. Um, And he said that gave him like a huge insight to who I am. So if you could ask them to do that, that would probably give you a whole new perspective on your partner. So anything else you can think of, Paige? Or other thoughts before we wrap up? Um, I 
I don't know if we already said this, but like, or maybe we did, like maybe um, if you like know that they're struggling, like ask them or maybe recommend or like offer, well, I guess you kind of already went over this, but maybe if you notice that they're like struggling with a certain like thing, like the dishes or laundry, oh no, laundry. If they're, your partner like isn't doing like laundry or like doing a, like you see that they're struggling doing the laundry, maybe instead of like putting them down and being like, why can't you do this? It's so easy. And just like putting them down, maybe be like, like the, tell them that they like did a good job for what they like, for all of the things that they did accomplish, but now like offer them to like, I think we, why don't we like finish the rest together or something like that? Maybe like offering your help. Or ask. How can I support you? How can I support you? And like, but also like putting it as a, like a compliment, like, oh, you did a good job for what you did do. The last thing. Yes, for sure. I think an offer or support is always helpful. Um, The last thing that I just sort of thought of was, um, you know, while you're learning about um, neurodiversity, there's this real big idea in coaching about like really separating like the biological machine of the brain from like who a person is, right? And I would say that as a neurotypical partner, you should never be criticizing your partner for what is a biological um, characteristic of ADHD. Right. Or so if any they're always like neurodiversity, right. Not just or, ADHD. Yeah, not any neurodiversity. Right. So if your partner's like always late or if your partner's like really inflexible, that's not something to criticize. That's something to maybe say, Hey, can I, is there a way I can support you around being more flexible? Right. You could do that, but you like, they, they can't help the biological piece. That is the brain that they have that's not going to go away. And criticizing them is just going to lead to shame, Mm -hmm. which they're going to ruminate about, right? And that's going to do a lot of damage, not just to your relationship with them, but but to them, them, right? And so really knowing what is the machine is important. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Anything else? We're done? I think so. Yeah. Cool. We are out of here and we will see you guys later. Thank you for listening. If you wanted to coach with me, see my information at bigbangcoaching.net. If you are interested in emailing us, you can reach us at thendtoolbox at gmail.com. And if you wanted to see our website, please go to the neurodiverse toolbox.com podbean.com. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Neurodiverse Toolbox.